Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome out to another episode of the show. On today's episode, we will be interviewing a local legend here out of the state of Idaho. He went to Bora High School, but we'll be talking about his club basketball experience where he was able to play under Roberto Bergerson, who has just now been named the assistant coach at Boise State's basketball program. Uh, Roberto is a local legend himself who was also on the show, so we'll learn about his club basketball experience. We'll learn about his high school basketball experience where he played for a Hall of Fame coach at Bora High School. Then we'll learn about his college experience where he was at a Division I university with University of Utah, where they made the NCAA tournament two years, and then where he finished up at the University of San Diego, along with his professional experience where he was in the G League and then has some experience overseas. We get to hear about his journey, some of the stuff that a lot of the local people here didn't know, and I can't wait for the rest of you guys, all the listeners across all 94 countries to hear, because this is an amazing interview here on the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time this is the Game Time Guru Podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everyone? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. My name is Shane Larson, host of the show, going on five, almost five and a half years now. We're five years, four months into the making here, and we're in 94 different countries, over 80,000 downloads of the show. Thanks to everybody who's been supporting the show from day one, or if it's your first time being here, great. I appreciate all the support. One quick reminder for everybody who's listening, make sure that you Leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It takes 30 seconds. It's just like leaving an Amazon review or whatever review you're doing for a business or whatever. Leave me a quick review of the podcast. It helps it get out to more people. So that way they can hear our guests' stories and uh, you know it gets out to more people. That's the whole point of the show is to get this out to the masses. We're in all 50 states, 94 different countries, like I said, and we're hoping to get to 100 by the end of the year. <clears throat> Today's a very special episode for me. I'm going to be interviewing an individual here who is from the Treasure Valley area. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about kind of my my experience covering this guy. Um, but, you know, he played high school basketball at Bora. We're going to talk about his high school experience, the club basketball experience, um, as well as the professional realm, college and professional realm uh, for him and, and what he's learned. Maybe he can share some insight for the younger athletes that are out there uh, trying to play basketball at the next level. And he can probably relate to a lot of you guys um, because he's not, I mean, he's he's in the thick of it right now. So, we're gonna we're gonna talk to him. His name is Isaiah Wright. Isaiah, thanks for joining the show, brother. I'm glad you can have me on, man. I'm glad I can be here. Yeah, man, I'm stoked to have you on, man. So let's flash back real quick. 2014 uh, state basketball tournament. Um, I was helping cover for social media at that tournament. I'm sitting at the the scores table, and there, you guys, like I'd heard all about you. I'd, I'd seen a couple of games of yours throughout your career, and that was the year I believe you guys were playing Capital. Capital mm -hmm. was undefeated. They end up playing mm -hmm. you guys in the state championship game. Game, and what I was watching that whole entire tournament, what stood out, stood out to me, I was your leadership skills. You were, you guys were missing one of your guys from a concussion. He was a sniper um, from the corners. Uh, he, I can't remember his name, but he had gotten hurt. Uh, I think either in the semifinals of the game before, and you guys were, you know, you were shorthanded to say the least. But there was mm -hmm. a point in that game where you came down and hit a pull up three pointer. I think you guys went up by eight or ten. I can't remember. It was like it was unreal the energy in that building and capital hadn't lost a game so it was like oh man and then capital ended up you know chipping away and pulling it out but i remember the leadership skills that you displayed during that game um being shorthanded but still giving every single thing you had uh to the game and you you know you had a pretty solid high school career so i want to ask you about that your leadership skills even at the high school level back then you know where did that come from? Is that natural or is that something you had to work on from an early age? Did you have mentors, uh, leadership in your life that kind of helped set the example? Just talk to us about your leadership style. Yeah. I mean, I think that kind of came to me at a young age with, uh, having my dad around and a lot of people that inspired me that made me want to play basketball. I mean, it was my dad to the Roberto Bergesons to my, to my uh, travel basketball coach, uh, Ed Boyce, that coached Roberto Bergeson. So it kind of trickled down the line of people that I uh, inspired. And so um, that kind of made me want to be a basketball player in the first place. So I had really good people in my uh, corner to kind of guide me 
to um, learn as much as I can of the game of basketball and the, and the knowledge of basketball. So I think the leadership kind of came with it, with uh, them putting me in the in the light to actually experience it and um, wanted me wanted me to be that person. And so I kind of got had to mold into that position at a very young age on each team that I was on to uh, be a good role model example on and off the court of being that leader. And so that kind of came with it in terms of me learning the game of basketball and all that. So, yeah, that's crazy. And you you mentioned a couple of, of names there. Um, one of which is Roberto. Shout out to Roberto. Roberto just popped out today. He'll be returning to the Treasure Valley as an assistant coach at mm-hmm. Boise State. The news just popped literally probably less than an hour ago, I think, is when mm-hmm. it came out. But that squad y'all had for club basketball was probably the nastiest team I've ever seen come through club basketball. I mean, you guys had some some solid uh, solid players from across the valley that came. keeps yeah this keeps glitching out a little bit the internet yeah, can you hear me i hear you now i hear you now yep yeah i got you um but the club experience talk to us about that you know and and how that helped you develop in your game of basketball man i think that's where i developed the most for sure um it was club basketball um especially with the team that i was on i was blessed to be with a the, the, a group of guys that all believed in the same same dreams and um wanted to be at the same place where we all wanted to be. So it, it was a really good uh, environment in terms of us competing with each other and, and and being close-knit as a group. I think we all started, what, third grade, second grade with each other. All th- We played throughout high school. I mean, here and there switches, but it was the main core guys that majority of the time that we were, we were with each other. So that made it a lot easier. Um, that's where it all kind of started for me. That was the foundation of uh, – all of us having the same uh, dreams of being a, a college basketball player and then maybe beyond that, being a professional basketball player. We all had the same dream, so it made it easier for us to um, compete with each other and try to get to that point in, um, each year and out that we all were trying to aim for. And so that was the foundation of where I am today, I, and that's probably the best time that I had in my time of um, just growing up in, in, in the basketball times of, that was the best days. Those are the best days because um, we were kids, and that's all you—that's all you had to worry about—is just being a kid and having fun. So, dude, that's so cool. I, I remember, I remember those days. Like I, I had returned home from a church mission. I mean, it was the you know 2010 to 2015 yeah. realm, and I remember coming home and just always hearing your guys' names. And then like Roberto was basically my idol when I was a little kid. He played at Boise State when I was in the fourth grade. So I love that guy. I've been following him. He was him all ours, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's a, he's a monster. And so just seeing like what he was able to, you know, accomplish with you guys, you know, leading everything. It was, it was really cool to see the success. And then, and then after club was over each year, like seeing you guys at your individual high schools and the success you guys had yeah. at each individual high school was just wild to me. You know, talking about high school um, here in the Treasure Valley of Idaho, for those who are listening, who aren't familiar, um, Isaiah went to Bora. Bora for a very, very long time, even when I was in high school and they, they had Jesse Childs and stuff that we had to compete against. But like during right. those days in the early 2000s, you know, Bora has always had studs in basketball. Like for a long time, that's kind of what they were known for is they, they were a basketball <clears> school. <throat> very, very talented. Talk to us about your experience, you know, playing for a Hall of Fame coach like you did and just kind of the the overall experience you had at Bora and how that helped you develop uh, as a basketball player. For sure. Um, yeah, like you said, you you named a lot of guys that have already been through Bora that I was already uh, I was well aware of in terms of uh, being inspired, just like a young kid at, at any age of wanting to be a basketball player and hearing all these big names of uh, people older than you and experience. So um, with the Jesse Childs, with the um, with the down the line to um, Booker Neighbors. Um, Man, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, but there's a lot of lineage that Bora had that I wanted to follow in the in the footsteps, and so I got the opportunity to play for Coach K- Kata. The uh, just literally just got inducted to the Hall of Fame, well deserved, obviously, with the years that he had at Bora. Um, and so I, I got the opportunity to play um, as a freshman for Bora and, and for uh, Coach Kata. And man, 
ever since that uh um what was that 2010 it must have been 2010 yeah yeah 2010 yeah time's been flying by man so yeah 2010 and so that was my first year of playing for bora i was actually um in the meridian district and my parents actually moved to the boise district and i was actually supposed to go to centennial um and then um we moved and my dad uh heard a lot of good things about coach Keda and wanted me he knew how serious i was for to take my uh, how how serious i was taking the basketball to the next level so he wanted me to go that route and and i i trusted trusted his opinion and so that's kind of how i ended up going to bora and all that and so Man, it it was I can't complain. I mean, it was uh, I, I learned so much of being there. Um, the experience was great. Obviously, um, I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, it's interesting when you it, it's when you play for a program like that, and you have the work ethic that you do. It was obvious. I mean, it's a winning culture. There's not a lot of that here in the Treasure Valley. That's the reality. Yeah. I coach basketball at the club level. I'm coaching a lot of 17 year olds. A lot of guys going in their senior year, and not every culture is a winning culture that they're coming from. So we're trying yeah. to instill that in them. Like here's certain things that you have to do to win. Like they're not used to winning and that's a weird thing. But coach Cato was always, I mean, that's what he did. He understood what a winning culture, you know, was and, and the players had to fit that mold. And, and that's, and you were one of those, I am curious. So you were always winning. And so you were always competing for championships. You were in the mix every single year. It seemed like, I mean, you mm -hmm. were there. So, Playing in the in the state tournament here in Idaho as a high schooler before you go on to college, we're trying to get this. I want to I want to know more about the pressures. Um, you know, you're a star athlete. Everybody in Idaho knows who you are. They're coming to watch you because they want to see you. And every year, you got the the whole entire Idaho Center is packed watching. You know, Isaiah Wright and this Bora squad uh, compete for mm. for you know a title. They they want to see what you guys were made of. At a young age, you were able to compose yourself and, and play through the pressure. And that's one of the things I always admired about you from a as, as a young athlete was the fact that you were able to handle that pressure. Is there any advice you would give to other athletes on, you know, how you were able to do that? Like, how did you just embrace that and have a good time and play your game and not, I guess, feel that pressure too much to where you just tightened up and couldn't do it? Um, yeah, that's a that's a good question, man. Um I think for me personally, um, for myself, I think everybody obviously have their different personalities and how they go about things and how they handle things and stuff like that. But um, me personally, I, as a young kid, man, I, I was for I was so competitive. I hate losing. I know everyone probably you hear all the top guys say I hate losing anything, checkers, all that. I mean, I was really, I was really one of them guys. There's a lot of guys that say they're super competitive. I, I believe I'm I'm one of them guys that I mean, yeah, I am one of them guys because I hate losing anything. Like it it, it bothers me that if anybody has an upper hand on me or anything like that, it just it makes me feel some type of way. So, um, I think that comes with just, um your environment that you're in the the environment I was in at a young uh, young age was with my older brother all the time um playing with him playing with older guys all the time and being uh, around Roberto Bergeson and seeing because he was actually when I was like growing up he was actually still playing professionally so I got to see firsthand of what what he was doing in the stampede and where he was doing overseas and his scheduling and all that I was so intrigued that it, in all of that. And so I had a, man, I really had a, um, a good path that I was on that, um, kind of guided me to that, to be who I am now. And that's just a person that uh, loves basketball truly. And I think with the pressure that what comes being that what you were saying at a young age of where, where we were at, in terms of Bora and the state championship and what, um, the success we had, I think that just all comes with my hard work and obviously the the team that I was on, we all had good camaraderie and there was no um, selfishness. Everybody knows their roles. That's so important being on a team, I think, is understanding um, your roles and, and all that. Because if you don't, I mean, it, it's, it, what, what, is, what, are you, what are you guys doing? What are you guys are uh, competing for? What are you guys are trying to achieve uh, as a team? And so... And that's for me, it's always championship. I'm not just playing for fun. Like, I'm not trying to be out there all look good and all that. I'm trying to win 
every single night. I'm, I'm going to bring it 110% every night. That's what you're going to get out of me. And that, that's how I try to lead as an example, being that leader in terms of uh, um, the winning. And it, it's hard to win, man. People don't understand how hard it is to win. And there's a lot of preparation that goes into it, obviously. Um, and think with the pressure it made me feel so comfortable with me is just because I know what the work I put in over the years of how hard I worked and people behind the scenes of people not knowing what I've done. I mean, it, that's, that's, that's where I come in, com like where I, I know myself I'm comfortable because I put in the work and I, I want to sh show people and, and, um, um, basically give them entertainment, just like what they're there, they're, what they're there to see. So. Yeah, you know what's I, I love that piece of info, man. Is is you put the work in, you're comfortable with what you've done, you're confident in yeah. the work you've put in. Um, not everybody can say that. I know a lot of athletes that I mean they hope to win, um, but they're expecting results for the work they didn't do. You know what I mean? That's, uh, right. that's the thing they, they want to win, but then they, at the end of the day, when they get matched up with somebody who's more athletic and they realize like, oh dang, this team's really good at pushing the ball up the floor every single time. Like they're very disciplined. Oh, this yeah. team plays really good, help side defense. Oh, this guy actually has like four post moves instead of just one go-to move. He's got four post moves. It's because they're putting the work in. I love that you said that. Like you were confident in the work that you had put in. So it helped you become comfortable and embrace the pressures that, you know, a lot of star athletes at a young age happen to go through. And so if you put the work in, I mean, you should be confident in that. That's a, that's a different mentality. That's a winner's mentality. And I love that. You know, you, you, mentioned go. That. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you got the winner's mentality, whatever it is you wanted to win. I think that's awesome. And another shout out to Birdo. Yeah, during his his professional days, he was still he was so fun to watch, man. Even at, at the Stampede and his overseas days, like he, that guy is uh, such a good example um, to a lot of athletes around the valley. I, I wish more people would, you know, that I know would have been able to see him play because even 100%. in his college days, he was the best in college. Dude, I, I went to every Boise State game when I was in fourth and fifth grade, and then when he got drafted, I even had him on my show four years ago just to talk about his experience. Watch him at the Stampede. I mean, that guy could compete. And if we were at home court, when home court first opened back in 2007, I was there for noon ball every time, and he was still hooping over there, and he was kicking man. the crap out of everybody. It was hey, man, you, you're telling the guy that has been through it all, man. I, I, I'm with, right with you, man. That dude's a beast, man. Like people, <laughs> people don't understand how good he was. No, they don't. They don't. They yeah. don't. They don't realize that it's it's wild. It's cool that you got to kind of be alongside though with him and and be able to learn from him uh, for, as a coach and and learn yeah. the skills and stuff. Um, now Isaiah, going into your college experience, you, you go over to the University of Utah before you ended up going to San Diego, <clears throat> and um, you know, U University of Utah had a good run. I mean, that's that roster was stacked. Um, and when you were yeah. there, I mean, you got to experience a little bit of uh you know, success over there too. So I want to know about your college experience. So many kids, they always talk about, oh, I want to play at the next level. I want to play at the next level. Well, you did play at the next level as far as college at a D one school, not only one, but you played it too, but just talk to us when you, about the Utah experience as well as the San Diego experience. And you know what you noticed as far as the transition from high school basketball, even a very successful program like your own at Bora to, to the next level of D one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people can actually relate uh, relate to me of what my my journey was in terms of picking my colleges and um, where I wanted to be if they have the opportunity. Obviously, you have to work hard to earn that opportunity, all that. And so, um, my 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 path was uh, I went to University of of Utah straight out of high school. Um, that that decision came off of uh, me wanting it to. Basically, at that time where in my life where I wanted to prove to myself was I wanted to play at the highest level. And that was a pack. That was one of the top five conferences. That was a pack 12. And so I wanted to test my um, my whole basketball game. And I wanted to see where I was um, where I was standing between everybody in, in, in the um, in the world. And so um, that was my thought process going into uh, Utah. Um, and I was super excited of going to Utah and, and getting that experience. And that experience, man, was probably the, one of the best things in my life that I I went to went to uh, go through. I'm so glad I picked Utah. Um, just in, just in terms of um um the 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 level I was playing at, the guys that were on my team, like you said, I 
I think people don't realize who was on my team that that year. I mean, I think there's four guys, five guys that are four guys are in the NBA right now that um, were on that team. Um, I was playing against DeLon Wright. That was a point guard at the time when I was a freshman. Um, he was basically that year he won the Bob Cousy Award, the best point guard in college basketball. Um, that year, his name's DeLon Wright. He playing on, I think he's on Atlanta right now. Playing on, he played on a couple teams now in the NBA. But I'm just, I'm talking a lot. But I just like that experience and the 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 level I was playing against made me so much better as a. a um, a basketball player, um, and obviously I, I matured so fast in terms of learning and, and stuff like that. And so um, I'm so blessed to have uh, ha have those guys till this day. I mean, the, I think everyone's – maybe the whole team's still playing professional basketball right now. Maybe some guys are not, but majority of that whole team is still playing professional basketball. And so – those, we all still talk to this day. Um, we're brothers. And so that experience, those two years I was at Utah, um, I learned so much. So I learned so much. Um, my first year, I think I played, averaged about 14 minutes. Um, got a pretty good playing time as a freshman. Um, and that second year going into Utah, Obviously, I told you about DeLon Wright. He was a senior, so I had a really good uh, opportunity to obviously for the point guard spot to get that starting spot because I was a backup for him the whole um, that year. So obviously, nothing was given. Uh, you always have to earn it. So I busted my butt um, to. I I knew the magnitude of what I had to do. I I, I knew the uh, the situation, and so. I busted my butt to try to get that uh, that starting spot for the next year, and so that I'm 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 trying to get to why I I, I left uh, Utah. So I'm just trying to tell you my story, oh, so, so people can relate of where my mentality was and stuff like that. And so um, that second year, I mean, obviously I had big expectations for myself. Nobody has bigger expectations than myself like you can have expect i have such big expectations for myself because that's just who i am as a person and so i i, I had big expectations of where, where i knew i wanted to be so that whole summer going in my sophomore year man i was i was on fire low-key um I, I actually ended up long story ended up starting this first two games for utah um and that summer, they they brought in a, a JUCO All American. His name was Lorenzo Bonham, and that's my brother to to this day. Like everybody on that team still is, but like, um, they brought in uh, Lorenzo Bonham, and this dude obviously at that level, everyone can hoop. Like, there's nobody that's not is not very good at hooping. Like, everyone is can hoop. So, um, I knew I had a battle in terms of the whole summer. Who I had a battle, and that was against him trying to fight for that spot, and so. We had a battle all summer, and then, like I said, I eventually ended up um, starting the first two games, and I actually played really well the first two games for us. And so um, our, my coach at the time, Coach K, um, kind of told me um, basically that he knew what he was going to get out of me because he's seen all last year what he got him at what he got out of me as a backup point guard and I was just being very solid, very not going to be turning the ball over, making really good reads, just being a solid player. And so he knew that out of me. And with Lorenzo, he really didn't know what, how to get his full potential out of him because he was coming off the bench at the time. And he, he just didn't know how to work with Zoe. And he, th he thought the best decision was to start him so he can get a good feel for himself and, and a good rhythm um, because basketball is all about uh, basketball rhythm. If you don't, like, feel good and stuff like that, you're not going to be playing good and have confidence and stuff like that. So um, basically he told me he would rather have me coming off the bench so we can get a, still a good um, consistent flow when we sub in and stuff like that and have a good – momentum so ever since that kind of my my minutes dropped ever since that and so I kind of averaged about the same minutes I did my freshman year I mean my yeah my freshman year I averaged about 14 minutes uh each year um which was still pretty good like I still got a lot of experience from um being at Utah I mean once the sweet 16 I mean each year we went to the NCAA tournament so I got that experience I got to experience every all that so I learned so much being there so 
um, at that time, uh, going into my junior year, I kind of wanted to just play basketball. I didn't want to worry about um, the little stuff of obviously like, I just wanted to play basketball. I wanted to uh, prove to myself that I can be uh, one of. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm just going to say I want to be one of the best players on the court. I wanted to show that, and so I decided I wanted to transfer to uh, show my talent somewhere else. And so um, that's what I did. And basically, how I ended up at San Diego was um, coach that recruited me out of high school was at, uh, at the time at the San Diego was at San Diego, and so. He uh, reached out, heard I was tra uh, transferring, and that's kind of how I ended up over at San Diego um, and finishing my schooling over there. No, that's that's actually very intriguing. I'm glad you you shared the insight there because you know some of us from Idaho didn't know what was going on behind the scenes over at Utah. I mean, yeah. So that that's cool to see. I mean, it's good that you still have a good relationship with those guys. But we totally understand if you're a hooper, especially one that competes at a high level like yourself, you wanna you wanna play and you wanna be able sure. to showcase your talents and stuff and you did exactly that i mean for those who don't know when you went to san diego you started playing over 30 minutes a game i mean you were you yeah. you were playing a lot um and you shot just so everybody knows you shot over 45 percent from the field and almost 45 percent from the field your senior year but like 45 percent from the field you were super efficient you got to display your skill set um you got to play in a solid conference in the wcc i mean mm -hmm. um it, it's like you were playing great competition um, and you got to go to from Salt Lake City to San Diego. It, it, mm -hmm. It's a, a a big difference in regards to the lifestyle. Um, sure. Sunny San Diego. I mean, it's the best city in the world for a reason. I mean, in my opinion. So you got uh, to you got to enjoy yourself, man, over there. And you know, um, what would you say was the difference from the Pac-12? I guess from the WCC, because a lot of people hate on the WCC. They always think Gonzaga is overrated and yada yada yada. Everybody always has something to say about that because the West Coast doesn't have it all. Um, but I still think there's some amazing hoopers over there. I want your experience or your opinion based on your experience um, with the WCC and comparing that to your experience with the Pac-12. Man, I mean, I can tell you right now that obviously um, you're going to get your conferences, man. But, I mean, you're going to get hoopers at any conferences, um, I feel like, in, in terms of what I experienced and what I know now. Um, the WCC, man, like, it's no joke, man. I, like, I like me going to be honest, me going into uh the WCC out of the Pac 12, I didn't know what to expect. It's like, obviously, like, but man, that it surprised me, man. There's a lot of good players, a lot of good teams that you play against. Um, and I enjoyed it, man. It was very com like it was very competitive, and uh, like each each day each conference game that we played like there wasn't no games just like the man just like pack 12 it wasn't no difference in terms of how important wins are getting getting a win in conference play like it was the exact same t type of feeling of what the ma magnitude was of getting wins so that's all it really comes down to getting wins so um i enjoyed both both conferences man like um Obviously Gonzaga with the WCC man they they've been running that thing for so long man they are such a great organization uh, a program an organized program um that they've been running that thing for a very long time and they're no joke obviously they've been showing it for years and years out of what they do in the in the um the tournament like the tournament like it, it shows you anybody can be beat like Conference, big conference, small conference, whatever it is, man, anybody can be get beat at any time, and it shows every single time in the tournament. And Gonzaga is always consistent where how they always play in the tournament, man. So I mean, it's it says it says for itself. So for sure, man, for sure. And I'm glad you shared that. So Isaiah, for those athletes out there, especially those who are maybe in Idaho, smaller states like this that don't get a lot of recruitment um, to bigger schools, maybe they don't fully understand what it takes to play at the next level. So maybe give us an example of uh, your day. You know, what's it like a, a day in a, in the life of a D one Hooper, what are you going through um, as a student athlete, as well as, you know, you're, you're a student and then an athlete. So what does your day look like in regards to training and what does the time commitment look like for a division one athlete? Man, when I was in college, man, obviously I'm not in college now. So I have a lot more time on my hands. It's not worrying about the books and not worrying about it's just straight basketball with me. It's just straight basketball making money now. If we're at, uh being a professional. Like it's a totally different thing when you're at you're being a professional and you're in college. Obviously, 
in college, man, you got a lot more other priorities that you uh, need to deal with, a lot more stresses that you're going to have to deal with um, um, in terms of obviously with time. Time is obviously you can't can't get time back, man, and there's only only so much time in a day, 24 hours. So um, when you're at when you're in college, man, you got classes in the morning, um, early, early workouts before class, man, you got early workouts before class. So I try to get, um, say the workouts at like seven 30, man, I'm trying to get in the gym about six o'clock, maybe five 45, get shots up before I work out. Cause I'm just, I'm always trying to get extra shot up and use my time as much as I can, man. I like, I don't like really sleeping a lot, man. I like, I, I I'm trying to use my time as much as I can. Cause Obviously, you can't get time back. Like I said, man. Like I can die. I, I'll sleep when I can uh, die, man. Like that, I'm trying to fulfill what I'm trying to do um, when in my lifespan. So if that makes sense. So yeah. I'm trying to get as much out of it as I can. And so I'm waking up. I'm doing as most I can. Like say we got to work at. I'm waking up at least an hour and a half before our uh, morning workout to get more extra workout to get better. Um, then got workout and then we get food and then obviously we go to the car classes throughout the day and then we got official practice and then after the after the practice i try to get on the gun to get as much shot uh as much makes as i can after practice of some i hate using the gun to be honest with you i, I like having passive rebounders and like that so i was very uh appreciative of our managers all that obviously you're going to have all those resources to have those and and to have and so um, I do that, and then basically, um, you got the rest of the day. It should be about like six o'clock, seven or seven thirty. That rest of the night to kind of relax, get some food. But maybe I get some food and I have a. Um, Sometimes I'm not. I'm not doing it every single time. Obviously, you got to rest your body. That's so important. People don't want to realize how important that is too. Um, but sometimes I go after, maybe afterwards, because every I think. Most schools, you got access to be in the gym all, all day. Um, so it's it's an all day thing, man. Like it's an all day thing, man. It's, a, it's if you really trying to get to where you want to get to. Obviously, my dreams are always play professionally. So it's it's a job, man. You gotta treat it like your job, man. You gotta. It's not no. You can't just just show up and just think you should automatically be good, man. Like you're not gonna be automatically good at any job that if you don't work at it, man. That's that's just my thought process of anything. So. You got to work at it, man. Totally, man. And it, what I love about that, though, is someone like yourself, a lot of people saw you as a, as a stellar athlete in high school, but you're still working. I mean, you get into college, you're still putting in the work. That's what goes on behind the scenes that people don't realize, I think, is like you're, you're getting up at 5.30, 5.45, you're getting to the gym early, you're getting shots up, you're doing a workout, you're going to school, trying to keep your grades up to where you can be eligible to play and get your degree, and then you go to practice. I mean, there's so much that goes on with it, not to mention homework and stupid projects that come along with college anyways, as we all know that have gone to school. Like, you got all these – the same things a student has. Uh, you still got to do all those things, and then you have to add the physical stresses of, of the sport that you're playing. But you did it at a high level. Before we transition from the, the college scene, I want to know, like, what was your favorite memory from college, whether it be from Utah or San Diego? What was your favorite memory from, from a basketball standpoint that you had that you could share with us today? That's kind of an easy one for me. Unfortunately, uh, I couldn't get to the tournament at San Diego. That was obviously the goal with that team. The guys that I want to experience that with on that team, uh, we just couldn't get it. Uh, couldn't get there, but um, we were definitely capable. We had the, the the guys. It was just obviously adversity. What you go through as a team and with injuries, you never know what can happen. So. Is basically what I'm trying to get to. It was definitely the tournament. Like I don't think um, there's anything like the tournament. Uh, I, I was uh, fortunate to go to the tournament two years at Utah, my freshman and uh, sophomore year. And so each year I was at the tournament. Man, that's just a different. That's a, just a different environment, a different feel that you get. And I think I, everybody in the world's watching, man. Like that's that's like literally everybody in the world is watching college basketball at, at the NCAA tournament, man. And growing up, man, that's all I, I, I watched, man. Growing up with my, 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 my dad, my brother watching games like that. And that, so I, I, I related, I, it, like it hit me hard when I was at the tournament for sure. It's a, it's a good feeling, man. 
Everyone's watching it. Kids are skipping school to watch it. That was my high school experience. Man, schools are watching it. Now, yeah, that, that, now they're putting it on the TV. Man, schools are watching it now, man. So, yeah, man, that was a big thing for me, man. It was, for sure. That's so cool, man. That's so awesome. So what some people might not know is, like, your journey to the professional world. You know, you, you had some experience in the G League. Um, and, and I want to talk about this. The, the G League, I did an episode about this about five years ago, talking about, you know, the G League and the improvements they were in the process of making. Um, because everyone used to look down on the G League. They looked, it used to be the D League, but they used to look down on it because of, of what it was. And that's why a lot of people would end up going overseas full time without even having a shot at the G League. But now yeah. they made some changes there and, and you've had experience with both. So I kind of want to, I want to talk about that. That's very unique. You know, some guys go overseas because the money actually starts paying well. Uh, the G League started changing the way their pay scale is structured a little bit um, mm-hmm. and, and, and whatnot. So they've made some good improvements there, in my opinion, to keep people stateside. But honestly, depending on where you go overseas, you can make some good coin overseas uh, sure. in, in certain leagues. And it's yeah, I mean, there's a lot of benefits to that, too. A lot of sacrifices, but a lot of benefits there, too. So, yeah, I want to talk about first your G League experience um, and the transition there. We talked about your transition from high school to the, to the college game. Let's talk about this. I mean, every level of basketball you get to, there's hoopers everywhere. So it's it's a higher level of basketball. So what was your, your experience like in the G League, Isaiah? And, and was it like? Did you feel overwhelmed or shell shocked at all, or were you? Did you feel like, hey, I belong here. This is this feels like home. Man, for me, like like I said, man, I'm a very relatable dude, man. Like when I was when I finished college, man, like I I didn't know what to expect, man. I, obviously, I had the the excitement of obviously for the next step of uh, getting to that next step. I was this close of working like for all my life, working towards this moment of trying to get to being a professional. And it's right at my under my feet, and so like, I had so much nerves, so much. Uh, it's obviously the good nerves and um, and stuff like that. And so, basically, um, how I got to the G League was uh, out of college. I kind of knew I wanted to stay stateside. I didn't want to go overseas my first year for whatever reason. I just obviously my dream is always to play in the NBA. I, I I do know what the reason. My dream is always to play in the NBA. Like growing up, like that, it's always been my dream. So why? not going to stop now like this is what i've been working towards my whole life and so i'm always going to bet on myself i don't care who if you have an opinion if you don't think i can make it or not like that that that's not going to affect me because i'm always going to bet on myself i know what the work i put in towards and and stuff like that so out of college i want to go to the nba like i like i wanted and so i feel like the g league is the best way to if you don't have if you're not going to get drafted if you don't if you're not going to get any of that the g league is the best way to get in the nba because they have to call up guys and and stuff like that they had you're right under the nba so they they get to see a lot of games and stuff like that so i just want to be stateside for that for my first couple of years so out of out of my college i went g league route and so i was represented by um one of my friends at the time i'm not with him that now that um we kind of got myself into the uh, G League draft, and basically, um, at the time uh, during that whole summer, we we're trying to get as many teams interested and see what teams were interested in me for the draft. And there wasn't a lot of teams that were interested at the time, so there was like two teams: uh, the Nets and um, uh, man, I can't think of the other team to be honest with you. But the Nets were one of the teams that we thought I was going to get drafted to. Um, but that wasn't the case. We basically, uh, I was, got drafted the third round, um, of that year to the Stockton Kings. And so when Denny, uh, the whole summer, we did not hear from them one bit, uh, through, through my agent and I, so we, that was very unexpected. Um, but sure enough that they see me play so much that, an uh, ex-player, um, one of my ex-players that I played on San Diego was already on signed with the Sacramento Kings, uh, uh, like, training camp team. So they saw a lot a lot of him. And so, obviously, they saw a lot of me playing with him. So that's kind of how uh, I think I, I I was seen a lot, and they loved how I played. And so I got the opportunity to get drafted by them. And so um, – Going through going to that, like when I got drafted, like obviously it was a very exciting moment for me. Um, it was obviously I didn't feel like I made it yet. Obviously, I got I still got a long ways, and I feel like I got so much more to show and 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 improve. And so, um, 
but that was a really good moment for me, man. I was like, uh, all right. Um, I mean, whatever we're doing right now is working, obviously. So I'm going to just um, keep on doing what I'm doing um, in terms of working. Always got to work. And so um, going to training camp for the G League, man, like college and professional is so different, man. Like I know I'm talking a lot and probably like I, I just don't want to – have people relate to me as best they can because man, I'm just like every everybody else, man. Like come from Idaho where you don't get a lot of exposure, you don't get none of that. So you gotta work hard, man. Like obviously I felt like I was talented, but I didn't like for me, for myself, like with travel basketball scene outside of Idaho, man, like I knew I had a long way to go, man. I knew how to work hard for myself to get to where I, I want to be. Like and so um, Idaho didn't help that case either. And so you just got to scrape and claw and do whatever you can to make it known and, and show yourself and, 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 and believe in yourself, always believe in yourself, man. Like there's going to be bumps in the roads, so much bumps in the roads that you got to overcome. And that's what life is. And so that's what I feel like my basketball career has been with in, in terms of like a lot of bumps in the roads with injuries and stuff like that. And, and, that I, I I had to overcome, but I'm still I'm still working, man. I'm still nothing stopping me of my dreams of where I'm trying to get to. And so I'm this is where I'm at right now. Uh, um, yeah, I'm. You said you wanted based. I'm I'm talking a lot. You wanted sure, to know the difference between the professional level and the college. Yeah, like let's just let's dissect that too, because now we know the the journey yeah. to get there. Which I'm sure, sure, which I'm grateful that you shared that, Isaiah. So that's good. I'm I'm glad you're talking because. This, yeah, I'm just this, talking, man. I'm sorry. No, I'm glad I'm you are because you, you said I'm talking. I love it. I I'm love talking, that because I, I'm glad that people get to hear the story because most people don't know the story behind it. They they just assume that you just ended up there. Oh, yeah, just, right. just, just there. I mean, that, there. and that's like, my biggest pet peeve, man. People just assume just like, oh, you're doing great, man. But they don't realize what how hard it is, man. It's, it's so hard, man. It's really hard. It's not yeah, easy. That's why I'm glad you're sharing that. So don't, don't apologize for talking yeah. or anything. I, I love this. This is the stuff I geek out about. Because I want people to know what goes on behind the scenes, the grind, the hustle, the ups, the downs. Yeah. That's the that's the journey. So, getting into the G League though, let's dissect that real quick. Like just in the G League itself, what's the you said there's a big difference between college and, and professional. What was the main transition there? Now you no longer had to worry about school, but now I bet the 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 level of basketball is at a higher level. It's more physical, yeah. it's faster. Yeah. What what talk to us about the difference in the game? Yeah. So like you said, the the the. The best thing about it is it's straight basketball now. It, you, you're playing basketball for money. You're not worried about little stresses that can throw you off your game, man. You're, all you're doing is, man, you're just you're practicing, man. You, you, you're playing basketball, man. You're trying to basically make this money as much as you can, man, in, in, in terms of uh, and do what you love. But uh, the difference basically, man, when I went, got to training camp for the G League, for the very first year, man, like that was an overwhelming experience for me, man. Like going in, they, they obviously it's training camp. They don't have their full team set up. So like you have to make the team still, I got drafted, but that doesn't mean I made the team. So going into the locker room, um, basically the first day of training camp, we got practice first day. Um, I'm seeing about six point guards that they're picking through. Like they got six point guards in training camp that they're picking through. So I'm one of the six and I'm seeing that I'm seeing who the point guards are. Obviously basketball world is so small. Like I know who these guys are. Like I, some are ex NBA players trying to get back in the NBA and stuff like that. So like I'm seeing this for the first time. And so that was very like, obviously like very, um, I'm not saying like I was scared. Like I'm never scared. I, like I said, the work I put in, I'm never scared of any opportunity. I'm going to try to take advantage of every single opportunity I can. And that's what, who I am as a person. But obviously it was very nerve wracking in terms of you seeing these guys. For me, it's like a see it to believe it type deal. Like once I'm, I'm seeing it now, I'm believing it. Like I'm here now, like I'm believing it. I'm here. I'm, I belong here now. So that's the first step. Like made me feel more comfortable of being around it. Like, dang, I'm, I'm, I'm right with these guys now. Like I'm tying my shoes just like these dudes now. Like I'm seeing it now. So um, that gave me so much hunger um, in terms of trying to make the team. And sure enough, basically, long story short, with that training camp, um, man, I, I had a really good training camp and started the nine games for the uh, the Stockton Kings. Um, long story, and go back before, like, 
I, I don't know if you like you knew I had wrist issues back in high school. Yeah. Broke my wrist and stuff like that. So um I rebroke my wrist, my right wrist during that summer of me trying to get to that training camp. That summer it was it was broken and I knew it. But at the time, it's just like my, my mentality, look, I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to get to it. I don't got no time to like I'm so eager to get to where I need to get to. So man, I just kind of thugged it out, man. The whole summer, um, I knew the feeling. Like I played on broken wrist before, so I knew it was broken. And I was like, look, I played on it before. I know how to manage it and stuff like that. So the whole time, man, I was playing on uh, the whole time. I was playing on my right wrist broken, my shooting hand broken wrist. And in training camp, I had to beat all those guys out. But sure enough, man, my will and my heart and my hunger. Um, that that's like basically pushed that aside, man, and it overcame and it, and it showed how much I wanted it, man. And I started denying games for them, and eventually I knew in my head, like, all right, I got what I wanted out of this. I got good showcase. I got um. Eventually, I got to tell uh, tell them about my wrist. The whole time I didn't tell them about my wrist, and sure enough, man, like I played nine games for them. Um, I think I averaged about like six, maybe four, and like three. Um, for the nine games, which is, I mean, solid, man. I'm playing on a broken wrist, man. I'm doing what I can. I, I'm trying to adapt to the situation the best I can. Obviously, I'm not trying to shoot as much. I can't really dribble a lot. I'm trying to be effective in the game as best I can, and that's playing defense, being being like, being like the energy guy, all that, man. I had to adapt. So um, I got good experience, though, but the the – the difference between college and and and, and uh, the professional level, man, that's like you're up in the ranks of now. It's not just like you're not gonna have no like walk-ons and people trying to get on your team, man. You're making a professional team now, man. You you you're playing with guys that worked as just as hard as you or just as talented as you. It's it's all fine down the line, man. It's even even cross now, man. So you just gotta find your niche, man. Find your niche in 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 terms of Every every team needs needs guys, man. Like everybody, just people don't like. For me, like I understand people like teams need role players, man. Like I don't think guys understand how much a role player can um, be vital to a team, man. And it's just not about all. Oh, I, I just want to score every bucket. I want to shoot everybody. Scoring, 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 scoring. Man, bro, they they got enough scoring, man. There's enough of LeBron James, KD, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving's, man. They got teams got enough of that. If people understand the situation, man, that doesn't mean you you suck as an individual. But look, man, they already got guys like that. They got they need complementary players to surround guys like that. So if you can find niche and, and and you you see stuff on whatever the team needs, I'm not saying whatever this team needs, like. And um, if you find niches, man, and and understand teams pay for defensive guys. Team pays for just a knockdown shooter. Teams pays for being a smart, don't being solid and and just being reliable. Like that, it all comes in the play of being a professional. You're you're a professional. You got to understand your role. You can't be babying or what what's going on, man. It's a whole different. It's a whole different world now in terms of. You trying to make a spot, understanding the, the situation is basically the difference. What I I seen, um, obviously, yeah, that's the difference. That's basically it's just, that's the the cut of of what college and professional is. Totally, and what it reminds me of is a story that um, a good friend of mine, Keyshawn Liggins, here out of uh, Idaho, shared with us. Uh, Keyshawn was on my show last year. He runs Adversity yeah. Athletes. He also coaches alongside me. From one of our right now, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Keyshawn's a stud, and, and what he was sharing too was something very similar. When he made it to the G League, he was talking about one of the days he was out there practicing when he first arrived. I think it was in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, and the the Pistons had their their people, and at the time Blake Griffin was there, Derek Rose was there. So Keyshawn's sitting there, he's this you know D2 All-American who you know can put up points at any moment. He's a he's a scorer. He was doing his thing in camp, and he specifically said what you were just talking about, Isaiah. He said, you know, Blake Griffin literally came up to him talking. He's like, dude, we've got Derrick Rose over here. He's, yeah. he's, you know, former MVP of the league. Like, we don't – we stand in the corner. You need to be in the corner and get ready to knock down shots. We yeah. don't need you – they're not going to need you to do the scoring. they got yeah. plenty of scorers out here, dudes who've been doing it at a high level for a long time. So I think that's very telling. I wish people understood that. Like, you're going to have to understand your role. Like, not every in – a, in a job, 
you can't have a million managers. You got to have your managers and you have the people who do the work, you know, and it's just how it is. Each person has their role. Some people don't like that, especially if they were the star growing up and they're used to having, you got to be able to adapt. It sounds like, and you were able to do that. Now you've also had the experience playing overseas. um, And I want to know that too, because so many guys, Isaiah, they'll, they'll go, I talked to Kobe Carl. He talked about the same thing. He said this very, very clearly. And I, I talked to a guy, Sean McCaw, Trey Moses, a couple different dudes who were playing overseas. They all think that like they come from this era, like over here in the U.S. with the style of ball. And some of them came from the G League and they go overseas. They think they're just going to dominate. But they did talk about it. It's like it's a, it's a different game overseas a little bit. It's a little bit different style. Um, so sometimes guys have a hard time adjusting. Mm-hmm. So I just want to know what your what your experience overseas has been like. You know that that you've had, and uh, the the actual quality of basketball as compared to here. Man, yeah, I, I mean, like like those uh, dudes that you had before, like like you said, man, like it is a lot different. I got to play overseas this year before I I just got injured. I, I kind of tore my ACL. I can get into that more in terms of uh, in that later, but um. I got to play in Kuwait this year. It was my first time playing overseas. My first experience. I got to play in the G League for two years um, before before COVID and, and stuff like that. What we had to deal with, and so um, man, my experience this year, man, I I was enjoying myself, man. I was I was um, very happy over in uh, in Kuwait. Um, I was in the top league over there. Um, it was a little different, honestly, man. It's a different man. Um, obviously, you're gonna have the the language barriers, the, the culture shock, the 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 whole nine. Um, but I mean, for me, it's just that that stuff doesn't bother me. I'm a basketball player, man. As long as I, I'm taken care of, as long as I know that where I, I need to be at, and I'm playing basketball, like I don't need to be. I don't need much, man. I don't need much. So I knew overseas wasn't gonna be difficult for me to enjoy and stuff like that. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that you're going to have to deal differently, like with the, the way they run things, the way, like how smooth, like the organization of the G League, that's a little bit smooth. They have a better organizations of stuff. Some, some league, the, the league I was at, the team was struggling with some stuff. Um, but um, in all, like, all around, man, like I, I enjoyed the, the, the style of play. Obviously, I think. Uh, what the difference is in terms of what I, I saw was uh, the G League plays the NBA style. So NBA style is is made for entertainment, man. It's made for scoring. It's made for fast paced uh, play, and that like you can't sit in the key for more than three seconds. So defense that uh, is more spread out. So the 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 paint is more um, open to to drive with driving lanes and stuff like that. So it's going to make it harder to guard offense, like. That's just it. Just makes sense. So overseas, like you can stay in the key, you can pack the t- key in as much as you want. It's just like kind of high school basketball now. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, yeah, the clog paints. You're gonna have to make more shots outside. Um, they're gonna make you shoot more. They they don't like people driving. They're gonna make you shoot. They're gonna make you make uh threes over two pointers every every single time. So that's kind of how they play overseas in terms of um they don't believe it. They'd rather take a, a three than a two. Oh, wow, man. See, that's, that's interesting. That's a, that's a whole different conversation I could have for another day, but like people don't realize the evolution of the basketball world, like in the NBA, I mean, they used to have a thing called illegal defense back in the day when Michael Jordan was playing, you couldn't be away from your, your on defense. You couldn't be away from your guy for more than three seconds or whatever, or it yeah. was, it was illegal defense. Now you can play a zone defense in the NBA, but you can't be in the key for three seconds, but you can still go over to the other side of the key and, and play. But like in the, the overseas game, the, the the rules are even more so changed because you can just pack the paint and it doesn't exactly. really matter. Like you're gonna see zones overseas. You're not gonna see zones in the NBA. You can't play zone in the NBA. Like you that. can technically, but you, they're you not. You can te- Yeah, you can technically. It's just hard. It's hard. Yeah, they're not gonna do it as often. Yeah. Um, that's so wild. Like that's, and I don't think people realize how much that can change your game. If you're yeah. a guy who's gonna be driving to the paint all day long and, and making a living like at the bucket, like mm-hmm. it's gonna be a little harder for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're gonna have to find a way to to shoot from the outside. I think that's so cool though that you had the experience over there. Um. I, I was going to let you talk about it. I mean, I know the season got cut uh, due to injury. You know, you're, you're yeah. currently rehabbing your knee right now. I want to know what's next for Isaiah Wright. You know, you mentioned you're a winner. You, you're, the best has not come yet for you. You're still young. Uh, still got a lot to show. But what yeah. is the next plans for Isaiah Wright? 
Man, bro, uh, like I said, I, I talked about it before, man. There's going to be so many bumps in the road uh, in, in whatever journey you're on, basketball, whatever job, that you're, you're, whatever path you're on. My path has obviously always been – I knew what my path always wanted, um, and that's to be a professional basketball player and, and to play in the NBA. I'm going to say right now, not just be pro- – I want to play a pro- professional. I know I can do that, but – to play in the NBA is always my dream. And so um, that's what I've always been working towards always. And so I'm not going to sell myself short for anybody in terms of um, where I want to be um, and what I'm working towards still. Like, like my dream still is still this little, like a little kid four years old, man. And so that's what I'm working towards every day um, I, with injuries, bumping the roads, um, Broke my wrist high throughout high school, college. Um, had to deal with a lot of injuries. To um, basically, I mean, I had to deal with a lot of stuff. Everybody does. Like, I'm not trying to be pity party for me. Like, I understand the situation. That's why I'm not like I'm not worried about myself because uh, I know what I what I can do in terms of getting back. Like, uh, like it's not nothing's gonna stop me. Is what I'm saying. And so, right. um. I've been through a lot of adversity already. Um, this is just another bump in the road with this ACL. I, like I said, I, 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 the season got cut short for me over in Kuwait in terms of uh, got hurt in the middle of the season, uh, tore my ACL in the middle of the game, um, and kind of just got surgery about five weeks ago. So it's the process of me just getting back and rehabbing, getting stronger, just getting stronger. I'm going to be better at the end of the day for it. And so I'm going to put the time and effort to get back and we're obviously, I mean, it, working hard is easy for me. That comes naturally. And so that's what I'm not worried about in terms of I'm, I know I'm going to come back stronger, uh, better and stronger and mentally stronger because I just feel like, man, after this, like I can't see myself not like if anything else happens to me, like, like I can't like once I get through this, it's not, I'm going to feel like I'm going to be able to get through anything. Like, yeah. um, and that's that's the cool thing about it, man. I can't wait for it. When that time, I'm obviously the progress is still. You gotta put the progress in. But once that time comes, man, and I feel really great, man. I think there's lights shining somewhere for me, man. And I've been I've been fighting for that light to shine on me for a very long time, and it's coming, man. I think I got blessings coming my way. I've been through a lot of stuff that the man above put me through, and there's nothing I can't go through to get to where I need to be. So it's just, just another bump in the road that he put me through that I'll get through for sure. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it, man. You've been through it. Like, like you said, you just, you just talked about it. You've been through different things throughout your whole entire career and it dates back yeah. to high school. And this is just another bump in the road, but it's at a, you're at a higher level. You, you can see it. Now you're scratching right there at the, yeah. the, uh, the, the surface of greatness right now. Uh, but you've already accomplished so many amazing things, especially someone coming out of Idaho from the high school scene. Like it's really, really cool to see. So like, I'd be proud of yourself if, if I were you. Like I'd be proud of myself if I were you because it, already it's been an amazing journey from what you know what you've just shared. So, last question I got for you, Isaiah, is what is the biggest life lesson basketball has taught you up until this point? Man, that's a good question. Biggest life lesson basketball taught me. Man, uh, I guess it's not so hard, man. I think uh, the relationships I got with just, uh, just being a basketball player, man, the relationships I created, man, the, the, where basketball has taken me has been through, been basically everywhere in the States, man. I got to go overseas, got to go experience over the world, man. It's just experiences that outside experiences that, um, is showing me there's more to life, man. And, and that's what it has shown me. Um, basketball is not everything, obviously, it, it might seem that way to me at this point right now because I love it so much, but like it, it showed me more that there's more to life, man. Like there's just so much more to life uh, that you can experience that. Um, um, and that's what is, is, is brought me to the journey on, man. That's what journey, the path I'm on. And I'm just experiencing more and more through basketball and whatever it takes me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it, man. I love it, man. It's it's taking you all across the world, quite literally, yeah. and taking you through college. It's taking you through the professional world so far. Uh, bumps and bruises, everything in between, and you're continuing to play. And I love it. I love seeing it. Um, yeah, amazing. I appreciate you, Isaiah. For those who are listening, I hope you guys enjoyed this interview as well. Uh, one quick reminder to to leave me leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you guys are listening to this on an iPhone or 
you know, any Apple device, Mac, iPad, whatever, but you can find the show anywhere. Share it with your friends and family. Make sure they get to hear Isaiah's story too. And we'll be looking forward to your comeback after you get done with the, the rehab here in the next couple months and you'll be coming back stronger than ever. So Isaiah, thanks so much for joining the show, brother. Of course, man. Thanks for having me, man. It's it it great to be on here, man. Absolutely. For those who are listening, make sure you're subscribed to the show. We'll be coming to you next week with another. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.